The following show will contain spoilers, but trust us, you'll want to hear about it anyway. You little turds are going to have to learn you can't run from the ice cream man! Welcome to Subversive Cinema. These films risk causing harm. They should be burned! I'd like to do any of these two guys at the same time. What? Hell yeah! I don't owe you any book. No more books! Welcome back to the show, everybody. It's your host, Art, here to be your wrangler of the weird, purveyor of the peculiar, and Sherpa to the strange. Today, we are talking about 2004's actioner hit, The Curse of the Komodo, directed by Jim Wynorski. And there's a lot to talk about that guy, but we'll get to that soon enough. I want to introduce my guest, longtime buddy, and another podcast host himself, Joe. How are you doing, Joe? Hi, Art. Um, I, I like how you refer to me as a podcast host when the podcast is a podcast that we do together. So um, I'm guessing that you're kind of distancing yourself. You're you're a host in your own right, and oh. I figured you could we could plug your the, the your show our show at the end. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Uh, or you could just turn this off and go listen to that was disappointing right now. Either way, the clicks still come the same way. So, Joe, have you ever heard of this movie? I have not. And are you glad I made you watch it? There were boobs, uh, so so that was good. Um, other than that, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm I'm having a lot of trouble with this movie i gotta be honest with you <laughs> yes you did mention that i think it took you a few sittings to get through it no 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 no. oh i, I thought you I, I thought you broke it up or did you actually sit and do it in one gulp i actually sat and did it in one gulp i want to say it was tuesday or wednesday um you know during the work week and uh it was a very interesting experience it, it, it was one of those things that I was able to put on in the background while I was working from home. And um, I <laughs> believe it or not, as bad as this movie was, I did have to stop and go back a few times because I was working on something. And I was like, wait, was that as dumb as I just thought it was? <laughs> you, you basically, just to go back, just to make sure that, you know, my eyes and ears had not deceived me. But it was uh, it was something. It's uh no you you did not uh, you were not deceived and the thing that happened with me I thought about going back yet I chose not to numerous times because I was sitting there thinking wait hold on what <laughs> not because it was dumb it's because it didn't make any goddamn sense yes. <laughs> there was decisions made the plot was all over okay so let's talk about this so the curse of the komodo it is a story about the dangers of science government cover-ups random skinny dipping and a big fucking komodo dragon and it is ridiculous we start on this island right and it's, uh, it's like 300 some miles south of hawaii and we're watching a special forces troop drop in and they're going through these jungles and that's when they encounter this beast that we don't really see and it starts picking them off one by one, while at the same time, we're suddenly seeing some sort of strange Southern Florida plantation house in the middle of this fucking place with the hokiest security fence I've ever seen in my life. And they're going out to see what's happening. 
Then we find out that the island is overrun by this giant Komodo. Apparently there was many of them. This one ate them all. That he ate them all. The biggest one ate the other ones. And the group of people who live in the plantation house are the scientists and their buxom daughter, who is not a scientist by any fucking measure. <laughs> and then we cut over. Boobs. <laughs> that comes later. <laughs> then we cut over to a group of thugs ripping off a casino in Hawaii. I didn't know those were there, but that's cool. Fun little fact. So they brutally and in cold blood shoot the cashier who was played by none other than George Flower, who you might remember as the homeless man in Back to the Future, who was sitting oh, wow. there watching that happen. This was one of those scenes that stuck out to me because I've never seen someone look so happy to get shot. <laughs> because like I mean, he was like he was like oh hey you know you guys aren't here with a big smile on his face and everything yeah. and he's like and and the villain I think his name was Drake yes Drake, Drake the douche yeah. yes he um he's like well we have to tie up our loose ends blah 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 it just shoots him and like the guy's still smiling as he gets shot and it's not like one of those things where it's like you know where it's like he didn't. <laughs> see it coming he's just standing there with a big smile on his face as the guy pulls the trigger back i think he dies with a smile on his face and it was it was very odd i think so too you you, you talking about this scene right here you said my name i'm a witness i told you not to do that i won't say anything i appreciate that ah! whoa what the hell was that for <laughs> so he right he sort of just grimaces and smiles I like that Drake is, at first blush, he might be the hero. You're not sure. I mean, he's a criminal, but he's like the hot one in the group right now. Because you got him, and then you have this other dude who looks like this mix-up of Guy Fieri and the singer from Smash Mouth. And they're <laughs> stealing this money. But the problem with Drake is he has the he has the personality and gravitas of a potato. Which is crazy. Which is crazy because, like, I actually... So I, I went to IMD... DVB just to look at the cast and, and such and I think Drake's actually done like soap operas or something like that so yeah he was on Days of Our Lives yeah. uh, his name it was played by this fella named Paul Logan and he has been on he's been in a lot of stuff not good I mean he's been in uh, Puppet Master Access Termination he was in one of uh, I think the Asylum made this movie Flight 666 <laughs> he's just been in a bunch of shit including Days of Our Lives and I... other fun little things oh and uh, here's an early credit Erotic Confessions so. nice I, I am guessing that we're talking about this movie in chronological order because like I he does have one of my two favorite lines in in the movie you know all for <laughs> and and i say that very sarcastically uh we <laughs> get to that as, as as we work our way oh yeah well i'm just gonna zip right through because we're gonna break this down segment by segment in all over the place so we got this group they escape via helicopter they crash quote-unquote land on the island next thing you know it's these bad guys teaming up with the scientists to fight against the Komodo as people start dying. Oh, along the way, there's this weird fucking zombie virus that just happens to be there. And shit is weird. And then the military decides to firebomb the whole fucking island. And uh, they get away anyway. So it, it's it's not good. So let me explain a little bit why this might be what happened. So I don't know if you knew this, Joe. This might 
elucidate many things for you. So the director, Jim Wynorski, he started out doing some interesting stuff. One of his earlier films was 1986 Chopping Mall, which I remember watching on an airplane. It was... <laughs> It was not the movie I thought it was. It's essentially a movie about a killer robot that runs amok in a mall with some people locked in after hours. Not as fun as you would think. But that's not what I want to talk about. I want to talk about his other directorial life as... He has multiple names. As Arch Stanton. As Noble Henry. As Jay Andrews. As Tom Papatopoulos. <laughs> and... Harold Blueberry, and let's see, oh, Jamie Wagner. This guy has tons of names, Salvador Ross, and you want to know why? It's because he's making movies such as The Witches of Brestwick, The Brestford Wives, Bone Eater, Strip for Action, Sexy Wives Syndrome, Piranaconda, <laughs> that's one I should make you watch sometime, Dino Croc versus Super Gator, oh, and... Who can forget? The Hills Have Thighs. <laughs> this dude's resume is littered with softcore porn like none other. It's like he started out doing legitimate movies like, uh, like I said, Chopping Mall, Death Stalker 2, things like that, or Return of the Swamp Thing. But then all of a sudden he took a huge steer and became this guy who just did Body Chemistry 4, Full Exposure, Virtual Desire. It's He did all sorts of random shit. Mm. When you have the cachet of being a guy who's essentially making porn with no sex, what those guys do is they make that movie that is in between the hardcore sex, right? And that's always the fun part of a porn because the acting's terrible, it's wooden, the dialogue's awful, and the situations are stupid. Well, he's making features like that, so that might explain why this movie looked the way it did. And how did this movie look? Oh, to me, it looked like a Skinamax feature with all the good bits cut out. <laughs> it's funny because this was shot on film in 2002, yet it looks like something from the 90s. Yes, it, it does. Lo it yes, looks it does. like late 80s, early 90s, mid 90s, you know, softcore. And what's funny is there's three levels of looks in this movie. There's the stock footage when you see the shots of the big naval ships. It's really shitty stock footage. It's like all grainy oh, and scratched. Then there's the film itself, which is, it's okay, but it looks old. And then you have the awful, awful early aughts CG of the Komodo, where that is like super shiny and pristine. It's three different looks in one picture. It, it's so strange. So strange. This movie's weird. It's wackadoo. And I had a hoot of a time. So let's talk about this. You said that Drake had one of your favorite lines. So I'm going to guess he might be one of your... Is he one of your favorite characters? Is he one of the characters that stood out to you? Or were there others that stood out and why? He stood out because his acting was so bad. And it was like, you know, it was... Oh, everything he said was trite. The actual line that I laughed out loud at was, uh, he said something about like, I'm not scared, I'm pissed. Or, some, or, 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 <laughs> or, or something like that. Or, or, or it was something like, you know, I... I I don't get scared when I'm pissed or something. It, 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 it was just, but, but, but like he really like, you know, hit that line, you know, with exclamation point, just the way he, you, you know, trying to sound like he was just filled with all this like bravado and all. And it was yeah. like, like, you know, trying to be like Schwarzenegger saying, I'll be back. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Except it was, it was just something terrible. And, and it was like, and it was during one of the nighttime attacks. I remember that. And it was just, Art, I, I, I have to 
I have to bring this up and I like apologize if you're going to talk about this in a little while, but sure. those gun battles. Against oh, those gun battles are so good. So, so <laughs> I would save that for the what the fuck portion, but you know what? We could talk about it now. <laughs> please, please, please. Because like I saw, I saw a gun be reloaded maybe twice and like yeah. the guns never ran out of bullets. And like, not only did, not only did they never run out of bullets, but the dragon just stood there just yelling at them you, it, it, instead of actually doing something. And, and I was just like, you know, it, it was like, you know, the, the dragon was like five feet away and they're just shooting nonstop. And the dragon's just like, you know, you know, and then like, it just gets bored and just like lumbers off. And it was, and it was, it was just the dumbest shit I've ever seen. Oh, <laughs> I, I think, um, Oh, well, I have to say the other thing I really enjoyed about the gun battles was there's a character using a gun that is very, very clearly a bolt action rifle, yet he's firing it like that, like it's a semi-automatic. Yes. It's wonderful. Like, and I love this. They use the exact same, <laughs> the exact same sound effects. This, this is some of the excitement one could expect. And it just sits there, roaring at them, and then some more. Oh, shit. oh look! Good. Someone's actually reloading! Holy shit, I just happened to find the one time it happened. Acting! Let's not forget how they totally aped the Jurassic Park sequence by Ch with the Komodo oh my dragon God. chasing the Don't even get me started. Don't even get me started. But I, 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 for, for that, I'll say, I love how they said, in the back of the truck, how fast can one of those things go? One that size? 40 miles an hour. What the fuck's wrong with your truck? Why is it only going <laughs> not even 40 miles an hour? What's wrong with your truck? Well... To be fair, though, you know, there it, it was awful way, you know, it was awfully way down there. There <laughs> were a lot of extra people there in that car. So it was sure. Uh, yes. <laughs> that's what I'm going with. Okay. Well, first, all right, I'm going to get on the character thing. One character I will say that I really liked was the character, I didn't even fucking know his name until I looked at the credits Jeffries. And he is the general, his yes man. <laughs> I think um, I think okay. the generals. I think that's Foster. Is that guy? Is like the okay. naval ad yeah. naval guy. And Jeffrey's single role in this entire movie is to just be the foil to his superior to ask him questions to coax out exposition. That is all he's here for. So this is an example of the sort of insight that Jeffrey's offers. If you don't mind me asking, sir. How'd all this get started? Catalyst was my baby. Thought of it about 10 years ago. I was watching this old monster movie called Dinosaur Island. You ever see it? No. It was a good movie. In the middle of it, I was thinking, you know, man-eating creatures make a great weapon. So did you pitch it? Oh, hell yes. Took it everywhere. Now Langley almost bought it. Until they had their budget cut, and then they put my project at the bottom of a mound of paperwork. And you dug it back out? Hell yes. I just love how he's leading him and he's helping spoon feed us the background of this. Which, by the way, I love how they're just calling this that the military gets their ideas from some fucking old monster movie with claymation. It's just like, 
Yeah, why not? It worked in the movies. Why couldn't we do that as a weapon? And so Jeffries is the one at the end of the movie who tells the the would you say was a captain or a general? I'm guessing. I don't really know. I mean, they I, they might have said his rank. I wasn't paying attention. I just kept hearing him say sir. So I don't know. Foster's the guy. He's got a bunch of bars on his shirt. He's the one who tells Foster at the end of the movie that a helicopter escaped and that it's all over the news. And that's when Foster blows his brains out, correct? <laughs> yeah, because I look, yeah. Oh, well, I guess the only other option I have is to shoot myself. <laughs> <laughs> because that's it. It's not I love that that was it, it escalated very quickly. <laughs> so <laughs> I have to say, I thought that I thought the one of the actors that stood out to me at least i believe the lead scientist the one with the buxom daughter wasn't his name uh nathan oh his name was phipps oh okay okay what i don't know where i got nathan they from. called him phipps i mean it might be nathan phipps but they just called him phipps okay played um, by william I, lang lois i thought he was a pretty decent actor like I me mean, he actually seemed like he was kind of like into the role um you know he seemed like uh He's, he seemed kind of like the fatherly scientist type, I, I, I guess. Um, it's really hard to say art because this film was just so atrocious that any quote unquote good acting stood out. Um, I also thought that the robber's girlfriend, Tiffany, that she did an okay job. Um, of course, she was easy one in the eyes as well, although she did not have a nude scene uh oh, which that, is kind of disappointing not in this film her name is melissa bressel and she has been in such gems as body chemistry Four: full exposure mm-hmm. uh cheerleader massacre the lusty busty barbecue vampire in vegas yeah she's she's you know, she's she's been in some stuff yeah was the hero meant to be the guy jack who was the helicopter yes. that was okay. the hero jack yes because that was a pretty shitty character. Well, I'll, I'll I'll talk about him in one second. I just want to hear a sample of some really uh, some really high concept acting from our man Phipps here, the father. Okay. Come on, you smarty bastard! Let's go! Come on, you son of a bitch! Come on! So that was when he beat him. <laughs> yes. Okay, okay. Yeah. I just, uh, yeah, that was delightful. And then there's this wonderful sequence where he's having a uh, a, a, a little powwow with with Drake. Um, TV crew. We're on a location scout for the reality show. Oh, yeah? What's it called? Treasure hunt. Treasure hunt? With guns? Well, you're sure going to need them. We got one hell of a problem on this island. That was the other thing that I just, they make you get on board with right away is the fact that these four people show up on the island armed to the teeth and they're like, oh, it's cool. Just come on and join us fighting this giant Komodo. Oh, you want to come back to our house? That's cool. Just come on and join us. I did think it was odd when they, as you said, when they showed up and immediately started helping them with the gun. But like, you know, you would think that the director could at least toss in a line while they're all shooting there like, who who the f are you or something like that yeah you know, right you like, would have thought just, just as, yeah j- just a line like that but they just took it in like oh okay you know these these guys and gal are helping us 
fight this big uh komodo whatever the hell it was i i don't know it was so it was so bad i just like the fact that yeah there was no question at all that they're on a secret island yeah there's these people so real quick about jack honorable mention to another favorite character of mine jack's flask that flask is the flask of never-ending booze yes first of all it should be very concerning to everybody that their pilot is just plowing through fucking whiskey before taking off and then throughout the first half of the movie all he does is drink and it's this little beat up it's a flask that holds maybe five ounces and it's beat the shit and bent so it probably only holds three yet somehow it has enough liquor to feed his entire crew and himself throughout like three nights so it's it's magical to me you know you just reminded me of something one of the big reveal what i think was supposed to be a big reveal at the end of the movie but you know it <laughs> yeah okay um <laughs> was that the helicopter was not actually damaged um, yeah he like was lying the entire time but, but was it explained why he was lying about it perhaps i missed that of course that. not no of course okay. not i just wanted to make sure no no look they step ball change on logic and motivations at least eight times in this movie. So there's no reasons. Okay. I thought that the skinny dipping scene was a little questionable that she just wanted to like, you know, just jump out into the lake there, you know, with her thong on, you know, topless with her. Wait, wait, that was her mother-in-law or. I don't know. They don't. No, 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 no. She was the scientist was not married that was his girlfriend so so yeah her her dad's girlfriend and yeah. you know just felt like dancing through the water while they're in mortal danger from being attacked by komodo dragons <laughs> uh, now to be fair they thought that they would only hunt at night but it, it was very until they learn otherwise <laughs> questionable behavior <laughs> Okay, so lots of memorable characters. Let's talk about the story now. Here we go, Joe. So the story, did it make sense? <laughs> How'd you feel about the story overall? Um, can I talk about, can I talk at this point, you know, just because this is my first time doing your podcast, so, so I want to make sure I'm not talking out of turn, but can I mention my favorite line in the entire movie? Of course. Okay, um, I believe this is a good time for it. It's when they are talking about how, uh, and, I, and I will actually be very disappointed, Art, if you don't have this uh, there on your soundboard. Uh, <laughs> it is when they are talking about how big that they believe the dragon is. And they said, you know, how big do these things get, you know, you know, in real life? And somebody said, you know, oh, they, you know, the biggest one I've seen is 18 feet. And I, I think the character Nathan was the guy was not the scientist, but was one of the army guys who were there at the beginning of the film with the buxom daughter. And I think he says, like, I've seen its turds and its turd is 18 feet long or something like that. And it was and it was just like it, it was just so random. And it was it was and I think that they meant that as the big, you know, a hotline or something like that. Like, you know, oh, th this is like the money maker right here. And it, it, it <laughs> yes. was just bad. it was just bad. And uh now, when you say the character, are you thinking that one of the guys who was there, are you thinking about Hanson? Hanson, that's who the, I'm thinking The dark-haired guy who's always yes, 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 yes. and he has a shit-eating grin on his face the entire yes. time? Yes, oh, yes. I, I think, I'm sorry. I think you're talking about this sequence here. 
We're just going to have to risk it and turn the fence off during the day. Komodos don't like the heat. They only come out at night. The storm's going to be a big one. I hope we don't have high winds tonight. If one of these trees comes down on that fence line, we're screwed. How big are they getting? How big are they supposed to get? Largest one on record was over 18 feet. Saw one of the turds yesterday. It was over 18 feet. <laughs> <laughs> and you want to talk about, I guess this is, in a way, this is something that's subversive about the movie, is it, it bucks my expectations at every turn. So, first of all, like, they're just, I didn't know who the fuck these people were, these characters. And we're 17 minutes into the movie at this point. Why are they talking so snarkily to each other and, like, so fucking pleased with themselves? Like, you know, Hanson's always just like, yeah, and this, and this. And then the other guy, the scientist, why is he asking questions like this? When it's like, it's your fucking project. You're the scientist. Yeah, and then <laughs> we get to this line. And then the thing that really gets me is that they set it up perfectly. When, uh, what's her name, Dawn comes over and says... I tell you, if a tree falls and hits this fence, we're in trouble. That's a great setup. There's no payoff on that. That does not happen later at all. Instead, yeah. they go with the, oh, we're running out of fuel. And the storm means nothing. The storm comes, it rains a little bit, then it's gone. Some big fucking storm. Anyway, whatever. Well, well, because of the storm, the helicopter, the undamaged helicopter did have to land. Yes, that's exactly. Which, again, we never cleared why. Or it's never explained <laughs> It just sort of is there. Uh, but, I mean, I guess overall it's sort of in a broad stroke. It's not like some sort of uh, existential piece. It makes sense that there are these people, there is a problem, they have a problem, they have to solve it, then they're gone. But the thing is, there's really no real conflict in this. There's no, like, I guess the ticking clock they introduce later is the fact that the military has turned its back on them, but you find that out like later, I think like halfway through the movie maybe, when they decide to just leave them be. And then they start saying, well, we don't know what they're going to do. Then all of a sudden they divine that, no, the military is going to bomb us and they're going to bomb us soon. You know, it's just like, where did you get that intel? How did you know that? So the, the, the conflict doesn't really arise apart from the Komodo till later. The other thing that happened that really makes me upset. So these people are on this island for a very specific reason, correct? Mm -hmm. why on earth would you put the supply shed which is a little shithole shed halfway across the goddamn island instead of right next to the house where they're going to be the entire time it's a damn good question i mean they get there it looks like a it looks like a, a glorified outhouse with like some sort of i don't know like a horn or a bone handle like embellishment for a doorknob it does this whole thing just make makes no sense now, what did you feel about the zombie element? That apparently the Komodo dragon's saliva has such an intense concentration of bacteria that it just eats you alive and makes you go crazy? What did you think about that angle? One, once again, Art, it was just shoehorned in. Like, I mean, I could understand if it came at, you know, if the film was made 10 years later, perhaps they want to jump on the whole, you know, uh, walking dead uh bandwagon or something like oh you know let's just shoehorn zombies in into this or something but like you said this is made it, it was first made in 2002 it came out in 2004 or something like that it was filmed in 2002 i think you said like maybe the remake of dawn of the dead was around that time with ving rames i'm not sure but it would but i didn't really think that there was anything big zombie wise 
going on at the time, with the exception of maybe like the Resident Evil video games uh, and films. But it was the zombies really served no purpose whatsoever. They were just like, like I I think the most damage that the zombies did to the people was I believe it was Hanson who infected the dad. Correct. Correct. It is Hanson. Yes. Because he was the one who came up at the supply shed at night. And Tiffany, uh, Drake's girlfriend, who had been pretty level-headed up until then, had run off because she got scared of the dragon. And the dragon chased her and ate her whole. And uh, Hanson <laughs> was one of the guys who ran off to try and stop the dragon and was shooting nonstop bullets with no reloads and then he somehow got i think he got whacked by like the dragon's tail and that's how oh yeah he got slathered in it yeah and uh then he comes back for this uh bit of action all right you guys don't forget one of you's got to come and relieve me in a couple of hours there he is And Drake comes with a roundhouse kick. <laughs> so stupid. Oh my god. Oh, fantastic. I, I have to tell you, I cannot wait to. Uh, I, I think you said that at the end of your podcast is when we talk about the what the fuck moments. Because oh I yeah, to- I mean, look, the story is what it is. Uh, it it made as much sense as it needed to to get us to the end credits. Let's just get to the what the fuck part. <laughs> Let's talk about the things that made you go, what the fuck. Okay, so my favorite bit in the whole film is when Drake gets his comeuppance at the end of the movie when he runs. Yeah, I assume was five feet to, yeah, to go back and get his, the money. <laughs> he ran five feet to pick up his bag, but apparently it was actually two miles away from the helicopter, and like he couldn't get back in time before, <laughs> and because they had lips so. So my understanding was, and like it's been in a couple of days since I watched the movie, but the dad sacrificed himself by blowing up the Komodo dragon with the C4. Yeah. And like they ran over. And when they ran over, Drake dropped his bag. And so they ran over and I thought it was just a few feet. But then you know, after the after the dragon was killed, they're like, oh, the Navy is starting its bombing run. Let's, we have to take off now. And Drake's like, oh, I'll be right back. I just have, have to grab the money. And like, <laughs> again, I thought it was like five feet away. <laughs> but instead, he, it, it was apparently much longer. I'm not sure. <laughs> like, here's the thing. I th- this is the one, th- this is the one. No, it was one of the many things that I looked at. I was like, wait, what the shit is happening? He says, wait. I got to go back. And he's like, and you can see it over his shoulder. He's just looking. There's the bag. It's like in the fucking background. And he's like, and then, and then Jack, I'll give you five minutes. It's, I'm not waiting for you. And then he's in the helicopter turning on. They're like, wait, what about Drake? He's like, I told him, I gave him five minutes. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> it's, and he runs over to the bag after 30 seconds. And this run is like, it, it, it was so close. He had to, he practically just jogged. <laughs> make it take longer make it take longer <laughs> it is so and then we are treated to some of the best worst special effects of the bombs dropping nearby which is funny because as these fighters are flying like 
the armament that comes off of it is clearly this pinned on CG shit because it doesn't have as many as many missiles as it fires and then they're using footage from i'm guessing i don't know it looks like something from apocalypse now because i know they didn't blow this shit up for real oh the napalm oh yeah there's forests going and then there's a small village exploding this doesn't make any sense (laughs) five minutes i gave him five hold on a second let's see uh let's see how much of a, a dick jack is we don't have any more time. We gotta get out of here. You see him out there? Yeah, what is he doing? Oh, wait, no, he's dicking around the bag. Another bomb. Okay, Apocalypse now shot reversed. Oh, he falls down. And there's the helicopter. also love that the bombs are hitting nowhere near drake and like I'm, I'm guessing it's 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 just a concussion from the blast it's like knocking him down and it's like it, it's but but his falls are so fake and i'll, I'll tell it, you what it, it is it's bad directing that sends him to the ground That's oh what that, that one it is okay <laughs> I, I that was it was, that was ridiculous utterly ridiculous speaking about what the fuck stuff so wouldn't they have been safer in the house from the Komodo dragon? Like, like, yes. you know, I, because I was thinking to myself, like, couldn't they have just like stayed upstairs or something? It was more like a mansion. And it was like, yeah. you know, I, I feel like the dragon was too big to actually fit into the house, but. Maybe <laughs> Yeah, maybe it didn't know how to open doors. Um, <laughs> look, the logic they had that's like, oh, we can stay in the supply shed, the shitty, you know, tin sheet, wood, scrap built shed. We can stay in there for the night because it's four walls. Overnight. Stay in the fucking house. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't make any sense. Jesus. Oh, my God. Fucking Hanson again. You let him go on alone? Why the hell didn't you go with them? Um, because the monsters only come out at night because they're getting readings. Look, I don't want anybody leaving this compound without my permission. Especially Becky. Where's Jason? <laughs> He's outside the compound with them. Oh, great. That's wonderful. He's out there bird-dogging Becky. <laughs> you think this is funny? Yeah, it's a little bit funny. Yeah, that's what I thought the entire movie. Yes, this whole thing is a bit funny, even though Hanson's a cock, and I just can't stand him. And if I remember right, Chase was the guy who died, who became a zombie, right, at the beginning of the film and died, or it wasn't a zombie, he just, like, died next to, like, the car at the beginning of the movie or whatever. Yeah, Jason, he fell down and died, and then they just left his body there, and then giant computer... Komodo ate him at the very end of the first gun battle that we played the audio to. But I think it was implied that him and Rebecca had a thing, and then yeah, but she moved on. She moved on pretty quick because in, in the supply shed, I believe she was making some goo goo eyes at Jal at Jack as well. So oh yeah, yeah, she had designs on Jack sitting next to him. Yeah. Oh look, here's some good acting from uh, Miss Glory Ann Gilbert who played Rebecca. Dad. What happened to Jason? Will it happen to us? <laughs> and I believe that they actually made a sequel to this film. So I'm curious if uh, 
if any of the same cast was back for it. Well, they didn't. Are you saying Komodo versus Cobra? Is that the one? I think that's the one. Yeah, I think that's the direct sequel to this film. Let's see. Uh, let's I thought see. I saw Rebecca's oh, name in there. Well, she's back. Oh, you know what? Half the cast is back as different characters. Oh, you got to be kidding. <laughs> yeah. So the girl who played Rebecca, Gloria Ann Gilbert, is back as Darla. The dude who played Hanson is back as Ted. The Admiral, Govern General, whatever the fuck he is, he's back as the Doctor. And, of course, Drake is back as Major Frank. Oh, dude, it's, it's like they just sh they just put all the actors into a Yahtzee cup and shook them up and said, Hey, how about you play this part now? This is like Summerstock Theater. They're just changing roles. It'd be better if they brought him back as Major Cock. But um bum Sorry. <laughs> oh, that was disappointing. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> oh god everything about this movie is just whack okay yeah the makeup is shit the acting is terrible the writing is all over the fucking place and it's funny because let's see what sort of um pieces the writer has written uh let's see he did invisible dad uh let's see what else is there that we've heard of that's about it. He did Curse of Komodo, Megaconda, Xenophobia, Planet Raptor. Everything he's written sounds like it's just straight to video garbage. You mentioned um, the uh, stock footage of like the naval yard and like all that stuff. Yeah. I, I'm, 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 assu I'm assuming that was stock footage that they use as well of like, <laughs> like the fighter planes and like the guys inside and such I'm and it, sure yeah it, it, it reminded me a lot of another great movie that we've talked about in the past not on this podcast but just in general space mutiny and how oh, they, space uh, mutiny yes <laughs> and how they had um how they used stock footage from the 70s tv series battlestar galactica for like the space battles and such except in this case <laughs> it was even lamer with just ordinary ordinary chats <laughs> oh god so good oh let's see let's see what uh jack has to say now not jack well actually yeah jack and drake i'll tell you what i get to my helicopter i can fly us out of here wait wait wait, wait. you said it couldn't fly so i lied <laughs> oh, wait a minute our fights with the komodo no 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 our fights with the komodo my God, this movie's so, so garbage, so bad. Uh, you know, I, I think we ought to come up with a drinking game for something like this. Uh, I'd say probably anytime somebody says the word Komodo, you need to drink. Uh, I would also say anytime Drake says a line by moving his head, because he does a lot of head acting, you got to drink. <laughs> and Oh, and anytime Jack drinks, you take a drink. <laughs> you know, speaking of Drake... I never, so a film that I absolutely hated, it, it, it was probably one of the worst films I've ever seen at the movie theater, the 1998 Godzilla. Um, I, <laughs> I, I, I think about in 98. And um, I remember a scene where they ripped off Jurassic Park, where... Chasing the, uh, the car, right? Uh, that, but there was also a scene specifically where... Godzilla had babies and they started and they were like kind of like the velociraptors of Jurassic Park and, uh, you know, picking off like Jean Reno's team and such. Mm -hmm. And I was reminded of the quote unquote 
comeuppance that Jack gets at the end of the movie when it's revealed that, oh, there's a lot of baby Komodo dragons now. So it's, uh, and that's like the stinger there at the end, right as we go to black, (laughs) is him getting, uh, presumably, eaten. Yeah. As as he's sitting there with with his money, and then that's it. He's fucked. And I think like like the actual like last line in the film, um, and it's by Drake saying like you got to be shitting me or something like that. And, you yeah, know, that's when, and that's when the babies show up and charge him. Oh my god! Uh, it was pretty bad art. It was pretty bad. All I gotta say is, uh... saw one of the turds yesterday. It was over eighteen feet. So I'm wondering if you saved this movie specifically for me or be, because I was shocked when I found out that that you had not seen this movie yet. So so I didn't. I saved it for you, just like I saved Solo for you, which if you uh, come back and join us later in the season, Joe will be watching Solo or the 120 Days of Sodom. So he'll be speaking of turds. He'll, hey, ba-dum-bum. he'll have a different time with that one. All right, let's get to the real important part here, Joe. So, on a scale of 1 to 10, it's completely arbitrary, just for fun, but how subversive would you rate this movie overall, given what it was and how it came across? Well, There's no I guess, wrong or right answer here. Yeah, it's, I don't know. With bad films like this, is there a lot, shit, I don't know. I, I guess I, I I would have to go an eight, probably. All right. It's, I, I would give it a little lower. I'd probably go, I would actually say about a seven or six or seven, but I think we'll, we'll average it out and say seven, I think. Okay. And yeah, it's fairly subversive in that you just don't know what the fuck you're going to get, and there's no way of telling until you watch it. Uh, what you do know, and I can promise you, is it's going to be a batshit crazy experience. Uh, but, make sure but, you definitely watch with friends, though. But it's strangely enjoyable. It is oddly enjoyable. Yeah, Yeah. it's like, the funny thing about it is there was a lot of effort put into the movie, all things considered. I mean, they're shooting it on film, and when you do it, and things are in focus, and the camera movements are controlled, they obviously put effort into it. And yet you get this. So, it's beyond me. Yeah, like, there's some bad films that you watch, and they're like, you know, and it's just a slog to watch through. And like, you know, this one I watched, one on my own and it was terrible but <laughs> it's but it's it's not like i want that hour and a half back like you know what i mean it, right. it, it, it was you know it was fun exactly well rock and roll so all you folks out there who are dying to figure out well how good or bad was this movie really you can watch it for yourself you can find it for free on imdb tv or you can go and watch it on tubi or if you really like it, you can buy it or rent it from Amazon for 99 cents as a recording. So treat yourself, enjoy that. Joe, uh, is there anything you would like to plug or share with the audience before we cut you loose? Mm, plug. Well, I would have to plug, uh, of course, our podcast art. That was disappointing, which we have a lot of fun with. And I would also have to plug... Uh, uh, just to get Arts Goat, BBJ. 
We, I think on this show you can call it BJJ. <laughs> <laughs> Joe is a ardent fan of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu as well as That Was Disappointing. So yeah, go on, head over, check out That Was Disappointing, our other podcast. It is totally different, very different, but a lot of fun. And uh, Joe, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. Cannot wait to put you through solo. That's going to be fun. Um, so yeah, anything else or shall we call it a day? No, sir. Thank you so much. All right, buddy. Thank you. If you enjoyed the show, make sure you leave us a review and a five-star rating at your preferred podcast provider. Tell a friend so they can check it out too. And follow us on Instagram at subversive underscore cinema for more content. Sub, 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 sub